Welcome to Season 3 of Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your semi-anonymous host, but if you know, you know. Every once in a while, one of you reaches out to me with a story that is just super unique. And that is what happened with today's guest. She was telling me this really unlikely love story. And as soon as she told me, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk. Because not only does she have this very unique story, but she's from Colombia. And I have become very interested in the different ways that other cultures sort of approach widowhood and the way men and women are encouraged or discouraged away from dating again. Obviously, to a certain extent, we all live in a little bit of a perspective bubble. And I know my perspective is limited on what it's like to be a widow and to try to date again in this scenario. My experience is not the same as everybody else's, which is the whole point of the podcast, basically. So talking to people from other cultures is really fascinating to me. And today's guest grew up in Colombia, and so she knows what, what those pressures have been like, the similarities and some of the differences between American culture and maybe Latin culture or maybe just Colombian culture. I'm not exactly sure yet. Anyway, I know you'll enjoy this interview. She's super adorable. If you are a visual person and you would like to see these interviews, you can go check them out on the Patreon There are video episodes up every week of my conversations with the guests, and they're unedited, so it's not quite the same tidy little thing that this is, but you just kind of get the raw cut. So without further ado, here's today's guest. Yay! First time that I talk about all of this uh, in public, let's say. So I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. (laughs) Totally get it. We're going to try to make it as low stakes as possible. Okay. (laughs) Okay. The reason that I asked you to be on the show was kind of twofold. You have this very romantic and (laughs) what's the word? I don't even know. Just romantic and also maybe frustrating for you story where (laughs) we'll get to. Um, and then also, you know, it's been a really big mission of mine for the show to get people on from different cultural backgrounds and with different things to bring to the table. Um, and I know often, I was actually just talking to somebody about this today, often American women are really willing to just like speak openly about lots of things. And so it's easy to find American born women to talk about their stories, but it's harder to find women from other cultures who are willing to do so. And I understand why, because every culture brings its own expectations. So I'm just Mm -hmm. anxious to talk to you too about what life is like, where you are as a widow and that whole thing. So yes, absolutely. It's important also for me to talk about that. Okay. So why don't you just start by telling us like who you are and then your love story with your husband? Of course. Well, I live in Bogota, Colombia. That's uh, South America. I am 31 years old. 
And I met my husband when I was 21. So he was my second boyfriend in my whole life, like serious boyfriend, you know. It was a very beautiful story at the very beginning. It was, we were just dating and having fun and we didn't want nothing serious. And then it quickly became something very serious. (laughs) I was his first girlfriend also, uh, like official girlfriend. He was a musician. He was a metalhead guy, badass guy, you know. Uh, so he was like, I don't believe in love and that's not for me. And I'm a free soul. And then one year in, he was like fully compromised. So it was really beautiful to see him also kind of grow along with me because we were very young when we met. So yeah, we both changed a lot, a lot along the whole relationship. Um, so we became like an official couple after a year of just dating. Um, and then we moved in together four years in. Uh, and then in 2019 is when he was diagnosed with cancer, stage okay. four. Um, that was very shocking for both of us. We were just having, we were just new and our relationship, like living together and getting to discover all of those fun things that you can do, you know, living with your best friend. It was yeah. something like that. We really had a lot of fun and laughter and we had a cat. We were like this young couple that was willing to eat the world together. And mm. then suddenly he got sick and everything changed. Mm. It was bittersweet because i mean of course it's it's a nightmare but then also our relationship grew so 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 much stronger and we had to you know grow up as well very quickly after getting that diagnosis so we really became i think that's when our relationship just became the strongest and the 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 closest we were always together supporting each other talking very openly about how we felt um and just like being each other's support. He was an only son. He didn't have any siblings. Mm. His mother lived in another city. So I was his family. I was Mm. his only family. Um, Me and my family, of course, because my mom kind of adopted him. (laughs) She was his mom as well. So, (laughs) I mean, it was always fun. It was always beautiful. It was always a great laugh, you know. And like I said, Seeing him evolve from this badass guy who doesn't care about anything, become the most loving and compromised husband who was always looking to be better to me and how can I improve as a husband and all of that was was really a, a beautiful experience. I always, always fully loved him. You know, I was yeah. never not in love during the 10 years that we were together. Uh. It yeah. was a really, really beautiful story. He was this kind of person who was just magnetic to everyone. Everybody had something to do with him. Since he was, you know, in the music scene, he knew a lot of people. He had hundreds and hundreds of, fr- of friends. And then I, I was on the other side of the spectrum. I was very uh, shy and like, I like intimacy. I don't, I'm not like one to go out with everybody. And then he was <laughs> that person he was amazing. He was just an amazing human being, really. Did you meet him through the music scene? Mm, well, that's a lovely story as well, because actually we met twice in life. Mm-hmm. Um, first time, but we didn't know. First time I was in college. I was out with some college friends. I, I studied photography and audiovisual media, and I had friends who were working on a radio station in my university. 
and they had like a metal show. They talked about metal and shared music. And he worked on that show, but I didn't really know who he was. And one day they invited me to a party where they were going to stream an episode. And I ended up hanging out with him. I had a boyfriend back then, my first boyfriend from, from college. So we, we hung out with him and my boyfriend. And it was really weird. Like We spent a lot of that time together, like the three of us. But I didn't know who the guy was. I just found him very funny, very cool. We actually uh, took him, like dropped him at his house on a cab, my boyfriend and I. Oh my gosh. I don't know why. And that's it. That was the end of the story. Like I never knew anything else about him. And then four, five years later, I started working at a call center and he was there. I never knew. I didn't know he was the same person that I had met four years ago, but I kind of saw the guy and I was like, interesting like he's not my kind but I like him somehow Uh, and we started talking and we just I don't know it it took me a while to like figure out that I really was into him I mean I I felt it but I didn't want to accept it because he was this kind of guy who didn't care about anything blah blah blah, and I didn't want that person you know like I I don't want to date a guy like that (laughs) but so we, we met uh, again at that job and it was a big group of friends. All of my current friends, we, we all met there. So it was oh, like fun. a big family. We started hanging out. Yeah, it was really fun. And, and But there was always something going on between us, but we never really, like nothing happened, but we knew something was going on. And yeah. then we finally gave up and we just started <laughs> dating. Um, yeah. And oh, then yeah. we figured that we had already met before and he was like, I can't believe you're that girl. Oh yeah, you had a boyfriend. And I was like, Yeah, I know I had a boyfriend. Actually when we <laughs> married on his vows, he did said like it took us two chances to get together, but if I could have known from the from the start that I will find in you the love of my life. I will have stolen you from Aww. the very first time. He said something like that. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, I love that. So so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like to believe that it was fate that we really had to we really had to be together. You know, yeah. it took us two chances, but we we did it. Oh, I love that. Yes. So you were you were so young, and so was he when he got cancer and. Did you have any sort of support network when you went through that? Because it seems so rare. It was, I mean, we had my family mostly and our closest friends. But he, from the very beginning, he was like, okay, I have cancer, but I'm going to beat this. Like, I'm 100% sure this is not going to get me, you know. So maybe it was in some sort of denial but our support system was my family mostly and, and our closest friends. But it was a really difficult uh, thing to handle because it was mostly the two of us. It was just both of us supporting each other. Yeah, that must have been really hard. Throughout the whole, the whole thing. Yes, yeah. it was um, almost three years and he gave his all, you know, like the biggest battle. I, I, I always admire him. So he always gave me this uh, hope, you know, I was always scared, of course, like yeah. when from the very first moment that I heard that I was like, okay, I'm going to lose him. What am I going to do? And, but he was always like, no, I'm here. We're going to make it through. We need to stay positive. That was the whole journey until the very end, actually. Yeah. How old did you say you were at that time? When he was diagnosed? When he died. When he died, that was 
last year. Last year. That was、uh, so. It's been that was February last year. So I was thirty. Oh, okay. So you're just past the one year mark. Yes. Okay. So how you and I connected is because we started talking through the dating after death page, and you told me about this story that you have met somebody who lives in Germany and that you're in <laughs> Colombia. So how did that happen? How did this come about? It's a really crazy story as well.、Um, So, I was on my grief journey, very isolated. To be honest, I I have been working from home for the last five years. So we were both work, working from home. So we were always in our house. And of course, after the pandemic, he having cancer, we were really scared to socialize and see people. So we really went out only when it was necessary, and that extended as well past.、Uh, His death. I was still, you know, from of course at the beginning you have a lot of people around you, like how can I help you and what can I do for you. But that didn't last more than maybe two months,、oh, wow. and then after that I was again alone in my house with my pets, working、um, eight hours in a computer. So I was at a point. I spoke to a friend who lives in Germany, a, a, a friend from university, and she had. Recently divorced, so she was like, "Look, I just divorced. You're going through this. I think this is the time for you to finally come because she will always tell me, 'Come visit, come visit.' So she、yeah. was like, 'This is the time. Just do it. Come.' And she got me thinking. I was like, 'Yeah,、why、I can.、Not? I should do it. You know,、mm-hmm. why not? Just go and see something else and see myself in a different environment because I'm. I am still living in the apartment where I lived with him. So、yeah. everything was just too much. So I was like, yeah, I, I want to know who I am without him in a different place, somewhere where I have never been. So I decided to plan this trip to Europe. That was planned for September last year. I ended up、uh, another friend from college、uh, joined me, so we traveled together,、oh, and yes, it was really really nice.、Uh, and then there was a friend who I worked with maybe seven years ago. I worked in a tattoo shop, and he was、uh, an apprentice tattoo artist, and we were just friends. You know, I was with my husband back then, so、yeah. I didn't. Ever have eyes for anyone else? So we were <laughs> friends. That was it. And then、um, we, I quit that job, but we kept in, in touch more or less. And I knew that he had married a German woman, and he had moved to Germany. Actually, the last time that I saw him was a day when I was taking my husband to the airport because he was traveling for work to Las Vegas, and、mm. I was with my husband, and he was with his wife getting ready to move to Germany. That was the last、wow. time that I saw him. Oh my gosh. And、uh, yeah, <laughs> and then the after that we never talked again until my husband passed. He found out. He called me. We talked for a while, and then when I arranged this trip with my friends, I thought about him. Like, oh, he lives there. Maybe I can meet him. It would be fun. So、yeah. I told him. I, I chatted with him, and I told him that I was going to go to Germany, and he gave me his number from Germany, and he said, "Well, call me when you're here. We can arrange something." That was it.、Yeah. So I was in Germany with my friends just three or four days after I arrived from Colombia. Yeah. And how long were you planning on being? Oh,、there? one month. Oh, okay. So there was a while. It was one month. Like Germany's kind of big. It's not like. 
yeah, no, no, and actually it turned into a whole Europe tour. Oh my god, <laughs> we, okay, I was, <laughs> we really wanted to travel. Um, we didn't have anything other than the ticket to and from Frankfurt. That was all okay. we we planned, but we were ready to just figure it out, you know, and and go and see as many places as we could. It was oh, a real that. adventure, and I was really really excited because I had never done anything like that. So it was nice. Also traveling with friends, you know, that was really exciting to me. Oh, yeah. there is another part to the story, and is that I had met a girl from Croatia on a chat, random internet chat. Yeah. Uh, and we connected a lot because we talked about grief. It was not grief themed. It was about music. But she mentioned oh. that she was grieving someone. And I said, well, me too. And she said, well, if you want to talk, DMs are open. I reached out to DM. And we started this very crazy and beautiful friendship on which we shared a lot of uh, what we were feeling. And she became like my my safe place mm. the only person that I felt I could really talk about openly about how I felt and everything that was going through my mind she had lost her dad to cancer I also lost my dad to cancer just oh six months before I lost my husband oh. so and she had just uh, separated from her fiance so she was kind of grieving our relationship as well so we really really connected and when I found out I was going to to Europe I told her like look, I'm going there. Maybe we can meet. And she yeah. said, okay, yeah, I can maybe meet you somewhere. And then as time passed and we got closer to the to September, uh, I finally decided that I was going to go to Croatia to visit her. Oh <laughs> that was God. also very crazy. <laughs> but we arranged that. So, so we arrived there. We were in Frankfurt for like four days. And uh, one of my friends said, I, uh, we're going to do something together like only the two of us they kind of were really really close I was not that close to them so I was like okay yeah so I was thinking what can I do in Frankfurt I started googling for like museums or stuff and then I thought about him like oh Mm -hmm. he lives here so I'm gonna call him and see what happens and I called him and he said yeah we could be let's let's hang out let's go eat something it will be fun to see you and at this point but in my mind you're assuming he's married still yeah, of course. In my mind, the plan the plan was maybe meeting his wife, having a yeah. beer together, you know. That was what I imagined because I had no idea. So when we met, it was super exciting to see him. We hugged, blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned something about his roommates. And I was like, wait, roommates? So we went to eat and he was like, wait, um, I have a, a story to tell you. So wait, when before we you tell went the story, through- can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Did you think he was attractive? I did. Always. Like, since I met him the first time, I always thought he was cute, but I never really thought about anything with him, you know? Because, again, I was with my husband. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, he was really this kind of crazy guy who was dating a lot of girls, and I saw him dating girls, and I actually bothered him about that. So no, I, it never really crossed my mind, but I always thought he was, he was cute. Yeah. Okay. I have okay. to admit that. And when I saw him again, he was also like, okay, he's grown well. <laughs> <laughs> Men <did> so well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, we went to eat and he told me, well, I got divorced and I was like, 
when did that happen? He said that happened like a year ago. He was actually, he had separated a year ago, but he was going through the divorce, like the legal stuff mm-hmm. on that exact moment when we met. Um, he told me the whole story. I, I asked him like, why didn't you tell me? And he said, the only time that we talked was when your husband passed. I'm not going to bring you my drama when you're feeling like that. So yeah. no, I didn't really find the time to tell you that. And say. of course I understand, but it was really, I was surprised. I was really surprised. I never imagined that. I thought he was happily married. So mm-hmm. we talked a lot about grief, uh, about marriage, about relationships. It was a really nice conversation. Um, yeah. We talked about like how we felt about dating again. Mm. Um, I remember that I told him I'm so happy being alone and I don't really think, uh, I will find someone that will make me feel as good as I felt like I've really had an amazing relationship and stakes are really high and I'm not interested in going through the dating and meeting someone and, you know, playing games and all that. So I told him now I I will be alone forever. And I really was convinced that that was going to be the case. Yeah. You really believe that. I was sure and I was fine with it. I was enjoying being alone. I was um, kind of knowing me, you know, as an adult, because the last time that I was uh, single, I was 20 years old, you know, so many things changed. Yeah. So it was, of course, again, very painful all the time, but also it was nice for me to see myself going through all of that alone and, and knowing myself on that stage. And I was really comfortable with that. Yeah. And I was like, feeling powerful and strong and so I was fine with thinking about me being alone forever and I asked him like what what do you think and he was again the same like yeah no it was it was a really difficult relationship he was actually the one who asked for divorce because he didn't feel loved he Mm. you know it it was difficult for him he was convinced that he was going to be alone also like you know I went through so much pain that I don't want that again and I've been feeling really good and powerful on my own blah 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 same thing <laughs> so everybody says the same thing when they and, think yeah. <laughs> it's funny but so yeah we were like no nah, nah, we don't we don't want anything we spent the afternoon and night together we it was really fun like we went out I met his friends we walked under the rain oh my God. everything was really really nice and still you were like I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe deep inside I was, but I didn't want to pay attention to it. Yeah. Because he was cute and I was having a really good time, but I yeah. was just like, he's my friend, you know, he is him. So, meh. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really late. We arrived to his house at like two in the morning. So he said, okay, so do you want me to take you to your friend's house at this time? Or you can stay here if you want to. There's a living room. Nothing will happen. I was like, well, maybe I'll stay. It's okay. So we just uh, sat on the living room. We were watching series, having fun, laughing. We kind of started like, you know, getting closer together. (laughs) And well, basically we ended up kissing and... I was like, when that happened, I was like, okay, I, I wasn't prepared for that, but I was really, really happy that it was happening. Like, mm-hmm. this feels good. And ever since I lost my husband and I started thinking that I was going to be alone forever, part of the reason why I thought I was going to be alone forever was because I thought I I will always compare 
someone to my husband mm-hmm. and I will feel guilty and I will feel like I was replacing him and all of that. Yeah. So I was scared to face those feelings. So I, I, that's why I also kind of decided to move away from that. So when I was in the situation without at all planning it or feeling ready for anything, and I realized that it just felt good and I was enjoying it. It was like a relief. I was like, okay, mm. I'm not dead. Yes. You know? It was really, really nice. Oh my gosh. I remember that feeling too. Just that when you have that sort of first kiss moment and you're like, oh, thank God I can feel something good. Yes. Yes. Pretty exciting. It is exciting. I fully assumed that that part of me was dead. And again, I thought I was fine with it, but feeling that fire again was amazing, was exciting. Um, I was never the kind of person to casually have sex I only had two relationships before in my life and they were the two only people who I had sex with you know so at the very moment when I felt things were moving towards that I made the decision like okay this is the time for you to see if you can do it yeah so I decided to try and it was really nice. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. He was really caring. I guess also the fact that I knew him already made me feel comfortable. Totally. It was, yeah, it helped a lot. Did he know your husband? Yes, he did. They didn't interact much, but my husband used to pick me up at work sometimes and they would say hi from far, you know, but they sure. do know each other. And my husband liked him. And that's something that I love so much. You know, he liked him. He he always thought he was like nice. Oh, your friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's cool. So, yeah, that's something that gives me a lot of comfort. Totally. It's like having a stamp of approval or something. A hundred percent. That's how I, f- yeah, that's how I like to think about it. So then how much time did the two of you spend together while you were there? We spent that night the day after I went back to my friends and we met again at night, like mm. we wanted to see each other again. Yeah. Again, we had a lot of fun. We talked, same thing, like talking and talking and talking until like three in the morning. I already knew that I was spending the night with him yeah. because it was late. So I told my friends beforehand, like, you know what? I'm staying with him. Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't wait for me. <laughs> but then the day after, we were going to Paris because we had already kind of planned, sketched a little bit of a trip. So we we left to Paris. Um, he was all the time like checking on me on the phone. I was surprised about that because I didn't expect him to be that kind of guy. Mm. What the image that I had on my mind was, you know, he's the crazy, careless guy. So yeah. he was really caring and I was surprised, but also kind of trying to convince myself like, okay, you know, he's he's like that, but he's probably used to it. He probably does this all the time. So don't just don't go there. Like he knows how I to was win with me my over. friends. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh. so I was like, I'm not going to fall into that. Can't afford to fall into that either. Like he lives in yeah. Germany. I live in Colombia. Nah, nothing will happen. This is nothing serious. Let's just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to with my friends to Paris during that. Uh, I was always talking to to him. So he asked me, would you like to travel with me? I was like, okay, (laughs) really? And he said, yeah, I can can move my agenda. I can make space and maybe spend those days with you if you want to. 
And I said, okay, where would you like to go? He said, it would be nice to see a place that none of us have seen before. So we did a search while I was on the bus from Paris to Amsterdam because we traveled by bus that time. We were searching for places and seeing what to do. And we agreed to go to Budapest. Cool. So Amsterdam was okay. I enjoyed the the place. Like I said, I was in that mindset of really having fun and enjoying as much as I could. Um, But I was really eager (laughs) to be in Budapest. I have to admit, (laughs) I was really excited. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I was still in the mindset of this is just for fun. Nothing, nothing else is going to happen after that, but you can enjoy yourself. You deserve this. My other friend was also very supportive, of course. And my other friend was also very supportive. Like, yeah, go have fun. Let him treat you well. You deserve that. So I was really happy and excited to, to be there. We met in Budapest. Um, It was like a honeymoon. It was crazy because. Yeah. Not, I mean, it, we had only been together for two days before, but over there, it, it was really fun. Our conversations were always very open. We mm-hmm. talked a lot, a lot about my husband. And that was so beautiful to me because another reason why I thought I would be alone forever was thinking that nobody would ever be able to to accept me loving someone else, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I felt he was just so understanding and open about that. So we talked a lot. We really bonded on that trip. Like we, we, it was nice. And I asked him at some point, like, what is this? Do you do this often? Is this (laughs) normal for you? (laughs) Because um, (laughs) Yes, I was really convinced that he was used to that, like just, having those kind of connections maybe with random people yeah and you had seen him younger kind of being I mean, a exactly more promiscuous maybe yeah that's what I had in my mind so I asked him and he was like absolutely not um we had already talked about his past and he had already told me that the moment that he decided to get married he absolutely changed his mind about relationships and people and he was he had only been with his wife ever since Mm -hmm. he hadn't even dated after he separated from her and that had been five years he he was married for almost four years so it was a long time but still I I was like uh, maybe he's just saying it so I asked him again like what is what is this I don't understand what's going on I don't know how to name all this I'm feeling because it feels just so big and so crazy but I was also kind of scared of maybe just being from that uh, grieving place in which I was also craving for connection after being so connected and then so alone so I I thought maybe I was just almost like is this real Mm -hmm, exactly I just remember this feeling too where when you're so sad and you're in that place, that really griefy, awful place, and then something feels good, that the good feels so good, because it's like such a contrast to this constant sadness. Yeah, that was exactly it. It was the total opposite to what I had been feeling for eight months. 
And also I was in a new place where I had never been, knowing, seeing new places, uh, discovering new things. So it was just too much altogether. But it was uh, amazing to me. Like, I, I felt really happy. And I was, yeah. I was aware that it was a sum of all of the things, but I was also really open to just feel it and leave it. Yeah. Something that I learned from my husband was you only live once, you know, and he was yeah. this kind of person, not just because of the illness, but always who was so open to experiencing and just living life to the fullest yeah. that I was in that position. And I, and I decided I made a conscious decision to just feel whatever and leave whatever and be open to whatever. So that was in September. It's currently May. So what has happened since you left Europe? So I was there for a month. Um, we were in Budapest for five days. Then he went back home and I went to Croatia to meet my other friend. Yeah. And then I went back to Frankfurt for just two days mm -hmm. and then I had to come back. So we decided back then to just leave the moment, enjoy mm -hmm. what we were having at that moment and try not to think about what was going to happen. And then when I arrived home, um, we had the conversation like, okay, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. And we both agreed that we both feel so good together. Um, we both were initially sure that we didn't want anything, but then we were also sure that we didn't want Nothing. to just fool around. Like we've been, it's, we've been, you, we've been married. We've been in serious relationships for a while. We've also we were sure that we wanted all or nothing, you know? Yeah. So we decided that it was going to be all and we oh. were going to give it a try as a long distance relationship. He told me he had Very experienced long distance. long distance with his <laughs> ex-wife because he met her in Germany and then he came back to Colombia. So they were long distance for a while. And okay. he said long distance relationships are difficult yeah. I want you to know that it hurts and it's He's just Colombian, not right? a normal relationship he is Colombian okay um but are you are you really sure that you want to do this because it's gonna take a lot of work and trust and but I decided I, I was going to give it a try we were planning to meet in January. He was going to come to Colombia in January, uh, but something happened and he ended up having to plan a trip to Australia in January. Mm. So he said, well, I can no longer go. What are we going to do? <laughs> it was really sad when he said that because to me it was like, okay, how long are we going to wait to be together right. again? But then the day after <laughs> he, the day after he he found out that he couldn't come, he called me and said, "You know what? Why don't you come?" And I told him, "Look, I just went to Europe one month ago. I'm not a millionaire. I cannot do yeah. that. I cannot travel <laughs> to Europe twice in three months." And yeah. he said, "No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for the ticket. You can live with me. I really want to be with you. I really want to see how this evolves. Why don't you come?" Yeah. And you can work from anywhere, right? Exactly. So I was like, well, why not? I'm going to yeah. do it. Yes. <laughs> we planned the trip. So yeah. that was that was November when when we agreed that I was going to go and I bought a ticket for December. 
Yay. So it was all really quick. <laughs> we met again in Germany then in December. Uh, and it was still really nice. Uh, it was, of course, more calm for two months. Okay. So nice. we lived together for two months, practically. Wow. Um, but everything was really, really good. It was quick. I had never done anything like that before. <laughs> but I, again, I was open and just, I will go all in. That's yeah. it. So uh, my thought has always been that I've been through hell and back. Yeah. What do I have to lose? You know? Yeah, exactly. So practically, how are you two making it work being in an intercontinental love relationship? It's difficult. It's it's frustrating, like you mm -hmm. said at the beginning, because I feel sometimes I miss my husband every single day. And now I'm also missing another person in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, but we're trying our best, so we keep in touch via video call every day. Um, we don't really chat that much. He doesn't like the phone <laughs> at mm -hmm. all. So <laughs> we also talked about that at the beginning. He mentioned, well, having a long-distance relationship requires us to be in touch, but I don't like the phone. How, what are we going to do? So uh. we agreed to... I know. <laughs> we agreed to talk uh, on the phone like just do calls or video calls at least once a day, have a long call where we can share what we did. We yeah. have a seven hour difference, so it's also difficult, but uh, yeah. we usually talk when before he goes to sleep, after he finishes work. And throughout the day, we're not, we're not really in contact. Like I always wake up to a good morning text from him, Yeah, but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> and I reply to the text and next thing will be our call. But, I, as long as we have this, I, I prefer also the the more the call and the video and that, that helps me feel closer to him other than just being chatting the whole day. It's yeah, a little bit empty sometimes, the chat. Mm -hmm. So it has been a challenge, 100%. But we have adapted and we've had really clear agreements and conversations about how we're going to handle it, um, if we need to adjust things. Yeah. It's so, so it has worked. Plan. It has worked so far. <laughs> so the plan at this point is that I'm going to move to Europe. <laughs> you are. And that's. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I decided it already. I've always wanted to live in Europe and I had my friend in Germany, uh, and she always talked to me about how amazing Germany is. So I always yeah. wanted to try it. Um, and actually with my husband, we always had a plan of once I'm through this illness, we're going to move out. Yeah. And we always thought about Germany for whatever reason. Hmm. So it was kind of my plan. So do you have a plan for when you're going to go? In my mind, it's going to be September this year. <laughs> Oh, pretty wow. soon but I have a lot of things to arrange here um well I have to do visa paperwork I decided that I'm going to apply for a study visa because I don't we don't want to get married just for yeah. paperwork yeah. we really want to you know see if things work before making that decision so I'm going to apply for a study visa but I have a lot of paperwork to do and 
I'm also going through, well, I, I still live in my apartment where I used to live with my husband. Yeah. Everything is as we built it together. Mm-hmm. I ha- I'm grieving this place now. Yeah. But it's a conscious decision. Even before before the trip to the first trip to to Europe, I had already started to have this feeling of I want a place, my place, and not our place. Yeah, it's hard to stop. Um, I had already decided that I was going to go. Yes, it's. I don't know. I have never felt pre- pressured to make any decision around that, um, but. I've always gone with my gut and before going to Europe, I felt in my gut that I wanted something, another place for me Yeah, because it, it really hurts to be here. And the, the space that he left feels so big. There is yeah. a void, a physical void. So it's not like I want to run away from that, but I want to again, experience a place of my own. Yeah. Um, so I also have to, I never thought it was going to be that extreme to go to another <laughs> continent, but. Are you planning to get your own place when you're, when you move to Germany or will you move in with him? No, I'm going to move in with him. Okay. <laughs> but I plan to, I have to sell what I have here. Um, my husband was a musician and he was also a producer and he had his oh, studio at home. Yeah. A lot. And we never really talked. He was so convinced that everything was going to be okay that we never really talked about what if. Yeah. What to do with So I had a lot of uh, decisions. Yes. And I had to do all of those decisions myself. His studio was untouched. His studio was just like he left him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to just go inside that room to feel close to him. And I would yeah. just sit in his chair and cry and cry for hours. Um, but I knew that I had to let the studio go at some point because yeah. I cannot have, it's just not sustainable. And if I'm going right, to move exactly. out from this apartment, I I had to undo the studio at some point. So right. I did that recently. So the studio, I mean, everything is now packed in boxes. Yeah, it has been another grieving process. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. I quit my job recently. Oh, wow. To have the time and the space to go through that. I was having a lot of stress at work. So I decided to quit. And I've... <laughs> I feel great about that, but it was also a scary decision to make. Yeah. But really, ever since ever since my husband got sick, I've been in this state of mind of living life to the fullest. Yeah. And that was part of it, you know, quitting a job that didn't make me happy, that was making me sick, that was just putting too much pressure. And I'm going through all these different stages in my life. Um after the first year of his passing, another new wave of grief came and um, you know, trying to go through that, yeah. um, grieving kind of his dream because undoing the studio meant for me like the, his dream is not going to come through anymore. Yeah. Uh, and he was so talented and so good at what he did that it hurts to let that go as well. So it's just a lot of 
movement and things going on. So um, my my idea is to go in September, but um, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. But um, I feel I'm ready. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's so exciting. You know, I always feel a little weird saying this to people, especially when we're not like close friends or anything, but like, I feel so proud of you because it's such a big decision to to do that. And And I think, you know, I think so many of us feel this thing where we just want to like, we know how short life is and we want to live it to the fullest. And, you know, so you just go for it. And this is like going for it to the extreme and for love. And it's exciting. It is. It is exciting. And it's a decision that I have made. And I have this thing where I always think about what will my husband say? What will his advice be? Because he was my best friend. And I will always talk to him about my plans, my ideas, anything. And I always know exactly what he will tell me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I want to honor him by doing what he did. Yeah. And what he will tell me will be just go for it. Do yes. it. Don't think about it. I you love know? it. I love because it. that was his attitude through life. So I'm ready. It's yeah. scary. And I doubt myself sometimes. But I'm ready. I'm so happy I want to you. do it. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you briefly about, like, you know, my my knowledge of, like, what it's like to live as a widow or to try to redate as a widow is limited to my American experience and then also what I'm seeing in my boyfriend and his, he's Indian, and so from their experience culturally. So how do you, like, how would you describe what it's like in Colombia, what the perception of widow is and the redating and all of that well colombia is a very religious country mm-hmm. um i had never faced um the reality of of a young widow until i was there in my mind i was the only person who was going through that in my mind mm-hmm. the word widow was reserved for people that was over i don't know 60 years old yeah and Unfortunately, I haven't met, I have just met one person in Colombia who is in a similar situation than I am. So there is a lot of uh, pressure, social pressure, especially from older people to this idea of grief on which you have to dress in black every single day for a year. And if you, if you are laughing is because you're not hurting. Um, so to me, it came with a lot of guilt mm-hmm. um, because in, I had this idea on my mind that if I was a widow, I couldn't be happy at all. Yeah. And I was going to be unhappy for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Part of the reason you committed to that idea of being alone. Yes. I was also scared of being judged. I'm yeah. still a bit, to be honest with you. I only m- the people close to me know about me and my boyfriend, um, yeah. but I've never made it public, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a topic that we don't talk about. Widowhood and death in general is something that people in Colombia particularly avoid. 
mm-hmm. if you will tell someone um, the day when I die, they will immediately tell you, don't say that. Mm. Don't talk about that. Like, no. Like we could avoid it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, so it's difficult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we don't really talk that much about that. And it was difficult for me as well because I, like I told you, I found my safe space to talk about grief and death with a friend, an online friend <laughs> that I met okay. uh, who lives on the other side of the world. Yeah. Because I never really felt, um, and still don't feel 100% comfortable even with my closest friends. Yeah. They just change topics. They don't they don't want to go there. There is not enough education around that topic so they don't know how to be there for you. They don't know how to react. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's not much culture around that here unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of American people widows would say something similar and I know personality has a lot to do with it too. Um it's just always so interesting to me how the culture as a whole perceives it and then how it affects us and the the decisions that we make and then the guilt we carry. Thankfully, I have found uh, spaces like your uh, podcast and many others, but most of them are in in English. I have only found one group uh, for widows and widowers in Spanish. Wow. There is no no not much resources there there are no many resources for us in the in the latin american community i i i haven't found at least and i did search for people in latin america i don't know how it would be in other like in spain but i couldn't really find resources in spanish for young widows specifically yeah um that i could go to to not feel alone yeah, um, we can put this out onto the page and see if anybody has any resources for different languages as well and different areas of the world. Okay, I'm going to stop us because of time, but I am just so thrilled for you. Mm-hmm. And I also know that it's probably going to be a really emotional and complicated journey ahead. But I wish you and your German love the best. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. Of course. All right. I will keep you posted. I was going to say, we're going to have to touch base and see. Absolutely. Yeah. I will let you know what, what happens. Okay. I mean, aren't you so curious to find out what's going to happen? It's like such a great and wonderful story. I will absolutely be checking back in with her once they get all settled in. As always, I want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. As a perk for our community, having sponsorship from BetterHelp means that you get 10% off your first month's membership if you go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash dating after death. 10% off that first month is really awesome. Go take advantage of it. Let me know how it goes. Okay, also sometimes I'm just like... (laughs) together podcast host I totally forgot to ask her the quick questions I totally forgot to ask her about her song recommendations so sorry um sometimes I just get so caught up in the story that I like forget to do the things but that being said she did give me song recommendations and they were wherever you will go by the calling 
I obviously didn't get the explanation for why, but I will add it to the playlist, which you can find on Spotify and linked in the show notes. And then she also said King by Florence and the Machine, which I will add as well. So if you haven't checked that out, that's a good thing to do also. All right, everybody. Thank you for the day's patience on this one. And we will see you with a new guest and a new story next week. Bye.